Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's very flattering. Um, it's really amazing. I, I, I would have hated to have missed this. So the fact that the Bulls did it around our game is... Um, very flattering, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled that it happened this way. Welcome back. Hope you're staying safe out there navigating this winter storm in Chicago. It's Mullen Haas show. Marshall Harris in for Mully. That was Steve Kerr, Warriors head coach and former Bulls champion, who is in town for the Ring of Honor ceremony tonight at halftime. They will honor the 95-96 team, and 13 men will go into the Ring of Honor for the first time. It's the inaugural class. Last night at the United Center, they ate dinner on the court. Steve Kerr was one of the Bulls that were honored, former Bulls, and they did it because the Warriors are in town, and it was a great night without Michael Jordan. And we're talking about that, and we'll continue the conversation with our guy from Fox 32, Lou Canellis. Like all our guests, Lou joins us on the Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. And Lou's perspective on the 90s Bulls is different than ours because he was – there and had a front row seat. Lou, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Marshall, David, how are you guys? Doing well. Talking about the Ring of Honor ceremony tonight, and as you know, in Chicago, we're talking mostly about, unfortunately. Who wasn't there? Yeah. Or who won't be there, right? Who won't be, who wasn't. Does it diminish the significance of the event if Michael Jordan doesn't attend? What do you think? I think it does, and and it's unfortunate because, listen, the 95-96 team was arguably the greatest team in professional sports, the way they dominated that year, winning the 72 in the regular season and then rolling through the playoffs, and arguably the GOAT right up there with Tom Brady, the greatest of all time to play the game, and, you know, you can't forget what Scotty added to that mix and Phil Jackson as the leader, and guys like Ron Harper, Steve Kerr, that's what – What's bothersome for me, David and Marshall, is that let's not take away from the night that will be experienced by a Judd Bushler, by a Luke Longley, by a Ron Harper who texted me Wednesday night, was so excited to be back, even though he has been all over the country watching his two boys uh, dominate. Now his one son is ranked the number one high school player in the country, has committed to Rutgers, He's an incredible father, but he's excited to be back in Chicago to celebrate something. And here, kudos to the Reinsdorfs for doing this. I wish they would have done it sooner. I wish there would have been a little bit of more forewarning. Listen, I found out about it six weeks ago. Guys, I'm not even in Chicago. I'm in Port Canaveral getting ready to jump on a Disney cruise for my five-year-old daughter. And I tried to get her to allow me to change the cruise so I could attend tonight because it was so much a part of my life, but I just couldn't. And that's my only complaint. But for the guys that are there, I'm excited for them. I'm really happy that Phil Jackson was there. And you know what? Now that Phil's had a chance to step away from the game and think about and learn what it's like to run a franchise. He had a relationship with Jeannie Buss. 
I think he has more respect for Jerry Krause, for Jerry Reinsdorf, than he ever did. And it's interesting that you you mentioned that uh, Phil Jackson was there last night at the gala. He'll be there tonight, but he. And I'm hoping, as a guy who's going to be working tonight, Lou, and you can relate to this, covering the game, that he does speak and we hear from him and find out you know, his thoughts on what you just mentioned and, and really everything. But it, it has this kind of family reunion feel to it, doesn't it? And, I mean, I'm just wondering what you miss most about your time covering that team. Oh, come on, man. Uh, it was like traveling with the Beatles. It truly was. And I was thinking, you know, when Dustin called yesterday to be part of the show, I said, what was my my greatest moment covering that? And the six championships, being in the locker room, waiting for them to come in, because NBC had the games at that time. So I was allowed access to the locker room before everyone else. That, that was great. But, yeah, thinking back to the Eastern Conference Finals, 1994, Scotty says, I'm not going in, used different language i was right next to the bench at that time so i can't tell you what he said to phil but tony going out there and hitting that game winner and it happening in the same game that Derek harper and jojo inglis remember that guys they got into that fight right in front of david stern that rolled into the into the seats there were so many great moments i'm, I'm upset i won't be there but i'm so happy for the guys that are there, that they are going to be honored. And, and for those that are listening, you know, the younger people today don't understand how impactful that team was. Because back then, guys, everyone watched TV. Well, when I was at Sports Channel doing sidelines and doing the, the locker room bit, I mean, the, those games were getting 18, 19 ratings. Nothing in local TV does an 18 or 19 rating. You'd have to be – the Super Bowl does a 40. That's about as close as you're going to get. It was a family affair back in the 90s when the Chicago Bulls played. Families ate dinner. They were done by 7.15, so at 7.30 they were all sitting together in front of the TV. And I can just hope that parents that are listening right now – get their kids in front of that TV to see that halftime ceremony today. My daughter this morning, I hadn't said I, never a word. She said to me, Daddy, you know what, Michael Jordan, I'm like, where does this, where's this coming from? Michael Jordan was the best basketball player. I said, did you know that Daddy talked to Michael Jordan? No. Well, there's a guy on Instagram that posts these videos of my interviews with Jordan, the old British Airways uh, post-game interview, and I showed her. She had no idea, and I think most of the young kids don't, so that's why I think it's important that parents today sit their kids in front of that TV so they can experience what we were so lucky to experience in the 90s. Talking with the great Luke Pinellas from Fox 32 here on Mullen Hall with Marshall Harris in for Mully today. Lou, that, that, those are great memories, and I think everybody listening of a certain age can take themselves back to that era and just remember how great it was to watch the Bulls and go to uh, a, a familiar place uh, time and time again. That's why I think that it is unfortunate that Michael Jordan isn't here. And I, and I said this this morning, and I didn't mean to be – I just wonder what you think. I said Chicago has always loved Michael Jordan more than Michael Jordan has loved Chicago, and this is the latest example of that. Do you have any ideas about why that is, or do you agree with that? I kind of agree. I mean, he's at least shown that. I think when he was in Chicago, you couldn't say that. I know he loved this city, but a lot has happened. And you know, Michael is a proud man. 
and the way it ended for him in this town, he'll never forget. He wasn't ready to retire. He wanted to keep it going. He has seen other superstars in their respective positions allowed to keep it going. Yeah, even to the detriment of the franchise, even if it meant leaving with the franchise on the downside. And he felt it was owed to him by Jerry, by the Jerry's, to let him run it out. And I don't think he'll ever forget it. No, Michael not coming today. I, I want you guys to take this, think about this perspective. Michael doesn't want to be the story. His relationship or his son's relationship with Scotty's ex-wife, he doesn't want to be the story. So he doesn't want to throw himself in that position. And listen, it's a big deal. If you guys think about it, it's a big deal that Michael's son potentially could marry Scotty Pippen's ex-wife. Right? And Scotty, and, and I don't agree that there was this friction between the two between Scotty and Michael when they were playing. I'm telling you guys, I was around that team a lot. There was not. These guys were these guys were were boys. They were buds hanging out on the bus, working out. Never anything. I think things started to sour when the ESPN documentary came out and Scotty felt he he and his teammates, he said he and his teammates, I truly think Scotty felt he deserved more play. But Scotty felt that they didn't get a fair shake. Well, guess what? The documentary doesn't happen unless Scott, unless Michael Jordan, right, has final says, the executive producer, on what goes on over the air, just because it was filmed while he was playing. So he's not going to allow access to his personal life unless he gets to see at the end what it's going to look like, which I completely respect. So Scotty then goes off to deep end, all right, and claims that they deserved more and that Michael was a bad teammate. I saw none of this. Ask Ron Harper. I, I saw none of this while they were together. And then Scotty, after he was fired as an ambassador of the team in 2019, then in 2021, he alleges that his former coach, you know, Phil Jackson was a racist. I mean, there's just been a lot that has happened since then. I understand why Michael's not there. Am I happy? Do I wish he was there? A hundred percent. I called someone. I was invited to the game on Wednesday. I said, is Michael going to be there? They said, I don't think so. And I said, boy, that's unfortunate, but I understand. And I know I was listening, Dave, and, uh, about you know him going to the national championship because both teams were wearing jump, man. You're probably right. Why else would Michael Jordan go to the national championship game in Houston? Moolah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that makes anyone a cynic. I think people are just looking at the facts, Lou. I, I, look, everything you said, I, I'm just sitting here sh- – nodding along with you on everything that you just said. Uh, it is unfortunate. It is sad. What do you think the reception will be like from these fans? I mean, I, it's it's unfortunate also that you're enjoying all this sunshine that you're about to get on this cruise, and we've got a blizzard building here. So I'm wondering, right now, the, at last check, it was $79 to get into the building for this, and then $900 to get into the lower bowl. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like? I think it's going. It, it should be electric. I'm surprised. Number one, l- let me correct you, uh, Marshall. It is cloudy, raining, and it was 61 degrees yesterday. Oh, oh, so I'm the only guy okay. that I'm, I'm the only guy jumping on a cruise where I'll be wearing a coat on the sun deck. Um, but my daughter's insisting I go on the water slide. Um, I, I, it better be electric, <laughs> as long as Phil Jackson and Steve Kerr 
and Luke and Judd and Ron Harper are still there and all the other guys that you're honoring tonight, it should be electric. Let's not forget the joy that all these players, and not just the 95-96 team, but a Bob Love who, man, I grew up watching, wanting to be playing in the, in the alley in Oak Lawn on Knox and, and wanting to be Bob Love hitting that 10-foot jumper. Or Chet Walker, who was my favorite player back then. These guys deserve it. Artis Gilmore. It's got to be that type of emotional emotional reception tonight. And you could see it last yeah. night when they were talking uh, just before the gala started at the red carpet. Like, Butterbean, it was like, basically, he was just so happy. The joy from all the people who came through and talked to the media just on their faces as they expressed how grateful they were for this. I just, I can't believe as a, someone who does not, who's only been here for two and a half years, I can't believe it took this long, Lou, for this to happen, like for this to be created. Dude, I'm with you. Marshall, I'm with you. It, I'm here. I'm thankful Butterbean is still around to experience tonight. I wish Johnny Red Kerr was here. Yeah. Okay. And Johnny Krause. Red. Yeah. Man, he would have been just a pig in poop. This would have been his night. He, I'm so happy Neil Funk was part of last night. Man, Neil held my hand those years as a late 20s, early 30-year-old kid. Just incredibly fortunate to be part of that experience, to be on the team plane, to be on the team bus, to sit in the row in front of a Steve Kerr and share stories with Steve in between that little opening between the seat and the window and to talk about the different experiences that we had when Dennis Rodman came aboard. I'm actually surprised Dennis isn't there. And I know that Dennis would be there. I don't, something in his personal life must have come up, but heck Dennis was just at, at the United center a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, honored yes. by the bulls, he threw the, you know, the, the jump ball. So I, I hope Dennis is able to get into town despite the weather. Um, it'll be great. I, I envy. I have great envy for those of you that will be there tonight. It's a night that I wish I was at a Bulls game. Lou, we just got a minute left, but I do want to get your thoughts. We really appreciate your time while you're in South Florida scouting new uh, sites for your Avli <laughs> restaurant. Um, when you look at the Bears and what they're embarking in, finding a new offensive coordinator, and what you heard the other day, if you paid attention to the postseason press conference, number one, do you think that it meant Anything in terms of what did it mean for Justin Fields' future and what kind of offensive coordinator are you looking for the Bears to pursue? Obviously an offensive coordinator that can get a passing game going, and it doesn't have to be Eric Coriel. But, you know, what we saw from the Bears, first in rushing last season, second this season, last in passing in 22, and what? You know, middle of late, late, the 28th, I think, in passing this year. They, they've got to pass the football to win this in, in this league. So I think that they're going to find an offensive coordinator that believes they can work with Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May. And if that offensive coordinator comes in and says, I'll come in if, and I, I'm talking top notch offensive coordinators, we saw what Bobby Slowick could do with C.J. Stroud, and now you've got three teams that want Slowick uh, to interview for their head coaching position. I think the same holds true here. If there's an offensive coordinator out there who feels that he can work with Caleb Williams and turn this kid into an NFL bona fide quarterback in year one, because we just saw it happen with Stroud, I think that that's the direction they go. I believe 
Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, when they say it's going to be a slow process, that Poles says he's not going to do anything until April. They're going to want to sit in front of Caleb Williams, talk to his friends, talk to his coaches, talk to people who have dealt with him off the football field to find out what kind of personality this kid has. Lou, thanks so much for your time. We know you're about to jump on a cruise. You're on vacation, but your perspective is valuable this morning, especially when we're talking about the Bulls. Great memories, guys. Thanks. It was an honor to be part of the the, the uh, discussion. Have a great trip. Lou Canellis, Fox 32 sports guru and man for all seasons. And he does have a unique perspective on those Bulls teams from the 90s. And he did take us back to a time, as you can see from our text line, People remember, 815, 49 years old, Lou doesn't lie, homework, dinner, bulls. That's how it was, family time. It sounds like so much fun. Like, it, yeah. Especially because you're watching a winner every night. That, that, that always makes it better, That helps. Right? Yeah, that helps. I mean, with six titles in a decade, uh, unprecedented success, the kind of dynasty that, you know, here we are all these years later celebrating it, and tonight will be a thing. I'm looking forward to it with or without Michael Jordan. I know it diminishes it. I know it takes the fun of it for some people, but I am looking forward to being at the United Center for the entire night, especially halftime when they will have the ceremony. I'm also looking forward to our next guest, Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs hotshot prospect, the center fielder who can catch everything. We will talk to Pete Crow Armstrong, PCA, to Cubs fans. Next, Marshall Harrison from Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. It's Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670. The score, Marshall Harris in for Mully today. Trying to connect with Pete Crow Armstrong, but you know what? You look outside and there's a lot going on, Marshall. It Getting around, keeping on schedule. Going to be difficult on this Friday in Chicago just because of the weather, which picked the worst day for Chicago sports to kind of make everything a little bit more difficult. But that seems almost apropos. David, I'm not sure what's worse, the fact that it's snowing and it's going to be more snow and more snow the next couple of days or what comes right after that. I don't know if you've seen the forecast. Mm. They're talking about the high being zero, negative one, five, and then negative eight for the lows. I don't mind the cold. Oh, okay. That's one of us. I don't like the snow. I'd rather be – I prefer prefer cold to snow. It's because you have to drive. I don't drive anywhere. Eh, Even if I didn't have to drive, I prefer cold to snow. I, I know this is blasphemous in a Midwestern city where I have lived in the Midwest all of my life, but I really don't have a healthy relationship with snow. At what age did you develop this uh, issue with snow? Seven. What? Eight. Stop. The, I did not like snow as a kid. I don't like snow as an adult. I really, I, I hate, I don't hate many things in my life, but I hate snow. I do. That's wild that it as makes a child every, you didn't enjoy snow. It just makes everything less predictable. You never went sledding? You never played football in I the snow? I did go sledding. I mean... I lived in a small town. There wasn't much else to do in the winter. We went sledding. You'd like go down the hill. I hate the snow. Go back up the hill. I would curse the snow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would curse the snow. 
It's okay to not like something. Listen, we all we all have our things. Yeah, we do all have our things. You grew up in Alabama, so you weren't scarred by the snow. I just didn't like it. Uh, the cold weather doesn't bother me as much. I I, I look at it at the the cold. I, I try to run every day, and in the winter, you outdoors, can't run in the snow. Yeah, you can. You can also fall and break something. Yeah, that's happened. I don't have it broken anything, but it's a challenge. It's a much bigger challenge in the winter to to keep uh, to keep up with that pace, and the pace is much slower. But you still try to do it. It's a mental thing in the winter to go out when it's on Sunday. Sunday's run is going to be tough. It's going to be like zero. Wind chill, less than zero. Could be I, ugly. I was just thinking about my walk home, which is like just over a mile. Not looking forward to that. You know, we've been talking a lot about nostalgia today with the Ring of Honor ceremony tonight at the United Center and the gala last night, the dinner at the, at the UC on the court. We're going to lean into some nostalgia next week. Next Wednesday, Score Overnights returns for a one-night special to honor the life of our friend Les Grobstein, Mark Grody. Who else but Mark Grody will host the overnight of Tuesday night into Wednesday, 12 to 5 a.m. Grody will share memories of the Grobber and celebrate a Chicago sports radio icon next Wednesday, starting at midnight, right here on 670 The Score. That's going to be very cool. All right, so if we don't hook up with PCA, that's fine. It's understandable. The Cup convention going on, waiting for some news perhaps to come out if Jed Hoyer meets the media today. The update on Cody Bellinger, the update on some other maybe pursuits, Jordan Montgomery. So there's the Cubs convention, the Bulls and Warriors tonight. We've got NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun starting tomorrow. Now, I want to get into that for a moment. The upsets – they're they're going to be a few, I think. Now, I think you picked the Texans to beat the Browns. Yeah, got the Texans beating the Browns. C.J. Stroud's about to show us all why you can have faith in Ryan Poles and like what he did last year, but if C.J. Stroud is that dude, then it, it's hard not to say I, well, you could have taken C.J. Stroud. I love that pick, and I and I said the biggest upset's going to be Matthew Stafford going into Detroit to beat the Lions, so the Rams are going to win that game as the underdog. I love that story, but I, I like your pick because I want to know what you think. When you look at C.J. Stroud, I can't help but apply what he has done in Houston with what is possible in Chicago. The Texans a year ago were in worse shape than the Bears. They draft the right quarterback. They plop him in, and a lot of people said, you know, defensive head coach, new play caller, rookie quarterback, eh. and then here they are in the playoffs. Do you see that? as a, uh, an, uh, an applicable comparison to what the Bears are facing this offseason and into next year? Could the Bears be the Texans of 2024? Here's why I don't think they can. I think the Texans have played in a much worse division. I think you look around that division, and there's, there's not a lot of superstars if you will, like you see the Jaguars the year before and like who did the Jaguars beat to get in the playoffs? Remember how they need to face Brandon Staley to get a win in the playoffs and that epic collapse. I think D'Amico Ryans, I said this when I was out on the West Coast, I was like, oh, that dude's going to be a head coach. He's going to be a very good head coach. I think what he's been able to do as a head coach in one year, that's why I was like, maybe Matt Eberflus doesn't come back. They weren't in tank mode, but right. it's not like he had a whole lot. 
D'Amico Ryans could be the NFL coach of the year. I think he should be yeah. the NFL coach I, of the year. I said Dan Campbell earlier. I think Kevin Stefanski maybe, but D'Amico Ryans is a good choice too. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Five games over the weekend, a sixth game on Monday night between the Eagles and the Bucks, and they're all right here on the score and your free Odyssey app. All right, we do have the man of the hour, Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs' young center fielder who is looking forward to a big 2024. And like all of our guests, Pete joins us on the score hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Good morning, Pete. Thank you for joining us. Oh, good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me. So what do you think about this weather? How are things going over the Grand Sheraton or wherever you might be in the city of Chicago, and how <laughs> difficult was it to get here? Uh, you know, I, uh, my travel day was easy, and I, I just happened to miss all the all the white coming down. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not equipped to the to this kind of weather just yet. I'm getting there, though. Getting there, acclimated. That's good. What's the toughest part for you when you say you're not quite getting there? I know you, you didn't grow up in this climate um, from out west, but so what? what is the toughest part for you? I mean, snow in itself is, is foreign. I, uh, the only snow I've ever really seen is out here, you know, coming up, uh, coming up out here when I was a little kid and stuff, but – you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, you can really prepare yourself for hitting in 30-degree weather ever. But, you know, it's going to be a first for me, and I'm, I'll keep the hand warmers ready. Well, Pete, people are very excited about your season ahead, and they were very uh, thrilled with you coming up last year to contribute in the way that you did. How would you evaluate your stint as a major leaguer with the Cubs in September, and what did – you go into the off season wanting to improve the most. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, that, I think I can answer that a few different ways. Um, but you know, I think like from a from a takeaway standpoint and things, um, you know, preparation uh, is something I've thought a lot about since stepping in the in the Wrigley clubhouse. Um, you know, if anything, that's probably the most important thing I think that I want to show improvements on next year um i think that there is an art to planning out your day and i think if anybody does that really well it's first person that comes to mind nico um you know so i think i did a good job off the field in the clubhouse behind the scenes of of just kind of learning and watching and you know (laughs) lurking in the shadows a little bit and just kind of watching dudes uh dudes do their thing and go about their day, you know? Um, but I think anybody can, you know, if, if they watch, they can, they can say that they wished I probably produced more offensively, but you know, that'd be my simple answer. I think I want to come back and I want to show people that, you know, um, the 14 or so at bats I had up there, that, that doesn't paint enough of a picture. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to just come back and contribute. I think if I just play my game, I'm going to do that. And, uh, I've gotten a lot of support thus far, um, so you know, it's it's a it's an exciting time to be a to be a Cub for for me and for a lot of the guys around here. Pete, you talk about painting a picture. I mean, you barely had a brush stroke on the page. You said the 14 at bats, the 19 plate appearances. I know, still looking for your first major league hit. I I, I want to know what kind of expectations expectations have been set in front of you from uh, people in the Cubs organization. Have you talked to Craig Council yet? Uh, who have you been talking to uh, as you kind of get ready? And, I mean, we're literally a month away from spring training starting. 
Yeah. Um, no, Counts, Counts is uh, Counts is great. He's uh, he's personable and he's got a good uh, good energy about him. And he's been uh, he's made it to the complex a couple times in Arizona, and it's been a really good uh, really good interaction. But you know, um, I think if if you look at who he's been able to coach recently uh, or manage recently. Um, you know, it's guys that you could kind of group into a, a similar category as me. You know, if you want to get as specific as, as you know, Bryce Terang or Garrett Mitchell, like they're both younger SoCal guys, and you know they can move a little bit and they can they can play the game. And um, for me, that that's that's uh, that's exciting. That's something to look forward to. And you know, I'm uh, I'm ready to to you know kind of take Counts' lead when when spring comes around, but. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I wouldn't say there's many expectations, you know. I, I think when I say that I've gotten a lot of support thus far, that's, that's pretty, you know, cut and dry. Like, I, uh, there's not much that people are asking for me. I think people have the understanding that I'm going to go out and do my work, and that's what we all do in, in you know, in Arizona and, and with this organization. So um, expectations is not something that is really even on my mind. Joined by Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs center fielder here on Mully and Haw's show. Marshall Harris filling in for Mully. And you can hear more Cub players this afternoon on the Parkers and Spiegel show live from the Cubs convention at the Grand Sheraton Hotel. Joined by Craig Council, Carter Hawkins, Nico Horner, Jameson Tyone. And tomorrow morning on Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce and I will be interviewing Jed Hoyer and Dansby Swanson. You know, Pete, when you look at your, your, what you need to work on in the offseason, you mentioned obviously offense would be the focus. Specifically, what would it be about your swing that you want to adjust? What would it be that you struggled with in September that said you needed to maybe improve on or focus on in the, in, over the winter months? Uh, I mean, guys, just, guys know how to pitch, you know. <laughs> um, I think that is, you know, I, I think if we're going to talk about um, you know, parts of the zone, quadrants of the zone that I handle well or don't. Um, I think it's it's obviously the high pitch that I don't handle nearly as well um, as the lower half of the zone. But, you know, I think there's, again, there's there's always different ways to go about everything. And, um, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been in the cage just about every day with, with DK and, you know, it's, there's no emphasis on swing change or anything like that. It's about getting in the cage again, like any other off season and getting your feet back locked into the ground, getting your base. And for me personally, feeling athletic again. Um, and, you know, I think what comes after that is really, you know, continuing to re- refine my zone, um, really understanding where the top of the zone is um, and how I do a better job of, you know, mixing takes in with the swings that I take at that, or, um, you know, just <laughs> if I, if I, you know, it, there's so many, again, there's so many different ways to go about, you know, finding ways to, to handle the, the strike zone that, that will produce the most damage and will get you on base the most. And, you know, it, it, that's, that's my goal. I, I want to add in more walks. And I think if, uh, if the top of the zone becomes a little more familiar to me and I get a better handle on that, then, you know, that's, that's just more runs and, and more scoring opportunities. So Pete, I want to know how closely you followed the off season 
goings on, if you will, from Shohei Otani getting uh, a bit of a raise and even what the Cubs are doing now because, you know, we're getting closer to spring training and we you don't know who all your teammates are going to be yet. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I don't think you know who your teammates are going to be till the last day of spring training anyways. Um, you know, that's kind of how I'm at least treating this spring. And, um, yeah, I, I follow everything during the off season just because I care what happens to my club and um, all the other stuff. I mean, great for <laughs> Shohei. Um, you know, we uh, we share the same agency, so I was very happy to, to see that deal get done for everybody. But, you know, it, it comes and goes, and, you know, money's money, and, and the business side is the business side of things. And, you know, if, if I don't uh, – if, if I'm not a part of the, the conversations regarding that, then I'm focusing on – on my, uh, my lift and, and my running in, in the morning and finishing my day strong. So, um, you know, signing Shota and, and I, I mean, I've, I've loved what I've seen, uh, from, from Bush over the years, just watching, watching video on him and whatnot. And obviously Almonte is a great, great reliever. So, um, I don't follow everything, but I like to pay attention to what happens to us because, you know, it matters. <laughs> So, Pete, before we let you go, obviously, I don't think you're in the cage every single day, or at least have been since the season ended. You do no. have kind of a vibrant personality. I wonder, what have you done that has been fun in the off season before you know you have to get ready to go to spring training in a month? Oh, uh, I've picked up golf over the last couple of years. I'm still pretty terrible, but um, I've taken a couple of golf trips, which has been nice. Um, where'd you go uh palm springs was the big one uh that was like a little thanksgiving golf trip with some families that i uh that i grew up playing baseball around and you know that was nice but other than that man i i i i've i've gotten some some books finished um i i mean gosh i <laughs> i feel like uh you know the last two months or so my life revolved around a baseball field. So um, I'm honestly having a hard time remembering, but best book uh, you read. Yes. Sorry. What was the best book you read? Best book I read. I would have to say it's called so in focus. Uh, I actually can't even tell you who it's by, but um, it's kind of about attention, like the, the universal attention span and, or societal attention span and how it's kind of uh lessened and lessened and lessened as technology has become more relevant in our lives um, and how the value of face-to-face <laughs> uh, -face interaction and, and, you know, conversation has has taken a big hit. So uh, I, I was really interested in, in that one. I'd love to respond to that, but I stopped listening. Ah, see, that, that was unnecessary. <laughs> see, there you go. You there know you what? Go. That tells you listen to all of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Pete, thank you so much for joining us. You're going to be a big hit for Cub fans at the convention this weekend at the Grand Sheraton downtown. Stay warm and keep improving and look forward to seeing you at spring training as well. Take care. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Pete Crow Armstrong, Cub center fielder, PCA, as they say, Marshall, and he is going to be a fixture, I think, in Chicago for years to come. The, uh, they took an executive poll on, on the prospects and, you know, who's the best at what, and 44% said he was the best glove.
best defense. I, and and the next guy was 10%. That's, so that's not a question, him. right? Yeah, we, we know what he can do with the He's a plus defender. Yes. He's an asset in center field. He's an asset on the bases, and he will get better at base running and stealing them. It's just you got you can't steal first, and you got to work on the hitting, and it sounds like he is, and he's committed, and I think when that talent is obvious at every level, it's only a matter of time, I think, before you see it in the majors. Pete Crow Armstrong, what a pleasure that was. He's a great interview, too. All right, we will be back to wrap things up with Transition. It is Dan Bernstein, and today, Grody time. Bernstein and Grody next. Marshall Harrison from Mullen, Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. But before we break, we have an opportunity for you. We are just giving things away. We are givers today, Marshall. You can be the sixth caller to the scores contest line, and you will win a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel with Stevie Nicks. 312 540 0670, June 21st, 2024, at Soldier Field. Tickets go on sale. In 14 minutes, 10 o'clock, courtesy of oh. Live Nation, 312-540-0670. Billy Joel with Stevie Nicks. Be the sixth caller to the scores contest line. We'll be back. It's Mullion Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.